So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the MatchFit Football Podcast. I'm Darren, your host, as always, here on the show. And just a reminder, in the description to this episode, you'll find links to all our social media, including today's guest's social media as well. Today's guest, Alex Samuel. Ross County's Alex Samuel. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Delighted to get you on. Uh, we've been planning this quite a while. You moved north of the border from, from England. Uh, you came up from Wickham and now you're at Ross County up in Scotland. How's that transition been for you, first of all? It's been it's been a big transition. Uh, I think, well, it's from where Wickham was. So I'm originally from Wales, but um, uh, from Wickham is about a 12-hour journey in total to, to get up here. So, um, I mean, I thought six hours was long. And I know in the States, you know, time is 12 hour journey is down the road for them but um i mean 12 hours was crazy so um yeah it's been it's been a, a big transition a big move for me and my wife we've just uh, bought a house so we're just settling in you've got boxes everywhere you're trying to find where your tea towels are and which boxes and all of that you know so um we're settling in well thank you the life of a professional footballer you know you take on this new the new club the new journey and you you know thankful to have a partner to be able to to go to be on that journey with them sure yeah exactly and that that's the main a, a huge thing where um any decision that uh we make because um there is something i i there's something that maybe even uh with this podcast would be good to raise awareness of uh footballers wives and partners i i don't think they get enough credit as they do because i mean not only you know for as footballers, you can obviously you're going somewhere. You're, you you've got something. You're going into a team. You you have connections. But unfortunately, for a lot of wives and and, and partners, um, they're going to nothing, and it, it's really tough. It's really tough. So um, I I got a hats off to my wife. And but with this journey, we always um, any decision that we make, we always I always make sure now um, that we both. Uh, agree to it you know if if she doesn't want to uh or i don't know we we have to come to an agreement with wherever we're going so that's kind of like a little insight to in ways marriage and football because it doesn't get talked about a lot you know it's um and it's a huge part i mean like you said uh i'll tell a little bit of just how that how this move happened but we had honestly five five hours to decide uh whether to come up here um so normally you have um months to decide a, a move like this you know you're moving countries you normally have a lot of time to think about it but we because of just the circumstances happening at Wickham and uh things happening it meant that I needed um transfer window was was ending I needed to make a decision quick so we only had an evening to to decide uh whether this move uh that we were going to do it or not and uh we decided and two days later or a day later we we made the drive up and we're now living in scotland you know so that football is uh is uh is a crazy crazy industry it really is and part of this podcast is i like to kind of get behind the scenes of football not just the 90 minutes on a pitch but training your performance how you maintain performance your mindset and all that stuff and one of the topics i like to ask is about your support system and it's really interesting you brought up you know that the wife doesn't really get talked about or footballers wives don't get talked about because I was going to ask you, you know, about how important is that support system to you, but you're also now, you know, with the relationship with your wife, you're also the support system for her at the same time as being a professional footballer. And that's such an interesting dynamic. Yeah, exactly. And that, I think that's, we're, we're a team and I think she understands kind of what, 
what it's about. And, you know, unfortunately, like you said, you can be going up anywhere. You know, you, you just don't know from when the transfer windows happen, anything can happen. You know, you, you could end up anywhere in the world, you know. So it's it's about for us keeping our marriage strong and our relationship is probably the most important. It's more important than, than football, you know, uh, because at the end of the day, football, you, you're going there maybe two, three hours a day, but your marriage is, is, is forever, you know, for, you know, until, you know, when you stand on that altar, you, you make a vow and that's, that's, that's important, isn't it? So really it's a lifetime. That's what I was trying to say. It's a lifetime rather than, Football is just a short career, so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that your marriage is strong and and you respect each other and you honour each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with that. And we have a lot of people listening to this show who are young players going to go pro or maybe they're young professionals um, wanting to take their game to the next next level. And I think some of the points you've made there about that relationship and having that strong relationship and being in agreement and figuring that stuff out and having that stable home life, it almost it will add and make sure that you're football life and your pitch life and your professional life you know is going good because you're not worried about what's happening in, at the house uh, massive i think that's a huge part to enhance just being on the pitch i've look, i've had times where me and me and my missus have argued and we, we i go to training and i think everyone can relate not even just in football but just mm-hmm. in work in in general you're you you're gonna have a bad day yeah. you know you, it's always gonna be in your mind and it, it, it does affect you so when you have Really, I see it as well as, as um, having a strong, fam- a good foundation in that. It just, it, it doesn't matter. Like, like we said, something that I'd love to touch about is just the uncertainty of football, just mm-hmm. with just moving up, the uncertainty of being in the squad, being, being selected, you know, all the, the rejection you face. Mm-hmm. You know that you're always going to come home to a, a loving family and a, that, doesn't look at you as a footballer, looks at you as who you are. And I think that then will just enhance. You can attack every day going, at least I have that as a security and 100% that will that will affect and um, benefit you as, 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 as your career goes on. One of the topics I was going to bring up later on in the conversation was overcoming obstacles and hurdles. And you mentioned some of them there, that the career of a footballer, the uncertainty and the rejection. So we'll talk about that now because you brought those topics up, but I think it's a fascinating topic. Um, how does a footballer overcome either rejection or a manager saying you need to move on or the conversation of your contracts not being renewed, whether it be footballing point of view or financial point of view, but how does a player get over that and then how do they begin to, If they, is there an agent involved or are they actively looking around at where they can go on trial, who's interested in them? How do you factor all that and mentally how do you cope with the pressure of that, especially yeah. if there's a season starting and you're maybe still out of contract three weeks before season starts, for example. Um, talk to me about that experience in your own career so far. Yeah, I mean, one of the, probably the one that stands out was when I was at Stevenage and um, I, we just got married at the start of the season. We moved to Stevenage. And, um, you know, it was one of them. It was a really tough season. I was having loads of injuries. Uh, I was having so many setbacks. And it, it was it was really, really tough. And even in that, um, halfway through the season, I had a really bad ankle injury, which wasn't discovered what, what was the problem. Uh, which ended up me being released and hardly not playing. And I, I was obviously in League Two at the time. And you're sitting there. Obviously, I think you 
all your income and money and for rent, for bills is all on this. And I was released. I was unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody wanted to, to, to touch me because I haven't really played and it wasn't really a successful season. So I was sitting there with unemployed, had no more money coming in. I've just got married. And you think, my gosh, this is this is fo- like this is really football. I, you know, a lot of people just see the 10 percent of footballers, Premier League earning, you know, hundreds of pounds, you know, hundreds of thousand pounds a week where I just got hit with the reality of, wow, this is this is football and this is tough. Like it really is tough. Um, so that was a huge experience for me where um, we discovered then I needed surgery as well. And then I had to go, then go on trial to, to Wickham and everything was um, kind of just snowballed into this, into this really dark season for me. Um, and one of the main things I've got to say, how I overcame it was my faith in, in my, my relationship with God. That was 100% my number one go-to because... Knowing that God has a plan for your life um, regarding the, you know, dark, there's, there's going to be some dark valleys you're going to have to walk through. But knowing that you have God there with you changes the whole game plan. So for me, mentally pro, uh, pro, uh, processing the tough times and the uncertainty, I always knew that he was there for me. So it allowed me just to carry on. And some I'd, I'd give some really practical things that really helped me, like we said, the support um, networks. So I had a lot of amazing people around me, um, people from uh, where I went to church, um, where in Stevenage and anywhere, just in my career, every, everywhere I've gone, there's been a church there with people who just want to support and love you. So that's been a huge part of me. And, and for anyone, friends and people who you trust is a massive one to help you through them times. It's key, really, I think. And to have relationships where it's okay to say that you're broken. It's okay to admit when you are feeling hopeless. You know, sometimes, especially in the football world um, and a very masculinity uh, side of it, people want to pretend that they have it all together. And the truth is nobody does. We all have our problems. We all struggle and we all have weaknesses. And it's a, it's just about being open and honest and finding them people you trust to be able to speak. And just the mental side of that allows you to have just it, it massively helps. So that's one um, a massive really for me getting through them times with, a, with, with the people around me that loved me, that supported me, that prayed for me, that just got me through it and walked walked with me, you know. I mean, that support system, like even in the community, the local community of where you're based and playing football was obviously so vital for you. Um, Talk to me about the mindset that it takes to be a professional footballer. You know, you've got the support system in place and you're able to, when you're struggling, you're able to put your hand up and say, hey, I need help with this. But there are also parts of your footballing career where you're personally responsible for it. How do you talk to me about that, that personal responsibility and the importance of being you know, strong mindset in the terms of dedication and discipline to your craft as well? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. For me personally, the way I kind of uh, deal with it and I take day, uh, I take a day as it comes. I don't try and think too far in the future because you can't really, because football can change any moment. So um, I just focus on the day and I focus on the things of what I can do um like physically I always make sure I try and do extra stuff just to add because for me um 
everyone's going to be at a level and you want to be you want to be doing more and 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 pushing more pushing your limits more so for me getting through them hard times and 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 strengthening your mindset um it's just attack each day as it comes even just have a plan of each morning when you get up and go what can i do today what can benefit me what can add to my game whether that is like you said mentally physically um and a lot of times i have um what i've been doing now at um ross county is i've been doing um just um something that i spoke with a sports scientist is uh, just working on my upper body strength and doing um sets of pull-ups dips and push-ups um literally just and you do uh one 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 two 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 three 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 up to five and then come back down and just been doing that has been a huge benefited me massively and it, another thing as well for me uh that i would look into my career is consistency i think that's one of one of the big ones of being consist, consistent in what you're doing um because there's some days you don't want to do it some days where you think oh this is a drag but just doing them little things and those extra things can massively benefit and help uh, it might just give you an inch in a game which could result in a goal or not you know so all them things are very important. All those little one percent, and a lot of it comes down to the mindset. If your mindset's wrong, you're usually all wrong. But if your mindset's right, your discipline is there. You're dedicated. You're hardworking. You're ready to graft. You know, you're up in Scotland when you get those Scottish wet, you know, wintry autumn days when you, you don't really want to go to training. But when you, you've discipline and you're dedicated to your craft you know, you're, you're going to go there and you're going to give a hundred percent. And there's a testimony that I got from someone who's seen you play, who actually described you as one of the hardest working strikers he'd ever seen. And I think that actually says a lot about the personality of a person um, is yeah. the hard work. You know, we've all seen the elite players, you know, you referenced the premier league earlier, who threw the, ha the hands in the air, shake the head when things aren't going their way, but there's something about a grafter. If I can use an old fashioned Northern Irish word, um, that someone who's willing to just put a hundred percent in for themselves and the team. I want to ask you about, do you feel as a, as a football player, and I know it's a team game, is there a sense of accountability and responsibility to your teammates? Definitely. I think, like you said, you, you're a part of, uh, uh, you know, of, of a body, so to speak, you know, you've got the, and everyone else has their own function. So you, it is your responsibility that you make sure that you're in a good uh, fitness, that you are ready when you're called. You know, there is a, and that's the other thing. If you're not in the squad or not in the team, you have to make sure that you're ready to go in because that's going to be your time. So it's just that consistency. Um, and like I said, putting put 100% in, I mean, I think this is why I tell a lot of young, like young players as well, because um, there can be so much pressure to do well and so much pressure of excellence. Um, and, and sometimes that pressure can turn into actually fear and, and anxiety, which in ways what I see is fear, anxiety cripples. That's what it does instead of actually rising and, and being excited and looking forward to a game. Um, and I just say to them, look, if you can give 100%, you've done everything you can. Like, there's nothing more you can do. You, you, you've given your all, and that's, that's, that's good enough. You know, that like, you can't, if you give 100% and you try and you work your socks off, you can go off re re regarding the result, regarding if you've had a good game or not, you can say, I've given my all there. And being content with that is a, is a huge thing.
I think the thing as well is, for example, if you're not playing, um, and your your attitude is it's it's a team game at the end of the day. Be able to encourage your team, pat people on the back who are doing well. Obviously, there's a competitive nature that you want to be the one who's playing, and I understand that, and you want to push yourself to try and get into the team and whatnot. But is that difficult at times to give someone else a pat on the back if you're not playing? Talk to me about those difficult times, maybe if you're in and out of the team. Yeah, look, I think any everyone wants to be in that starting eleven. I think there'd be something wrong if if you didn't want that. There would be something wrong. Everyone wants to be, and yeah, it can be obviously it can be tough to to say good luck or you know wishing people well because in ways there's a part of you that you want that for yourself. So you, it's it's okay to admit that as well because I think everyone everyone will have that. But um, it just shows the strength of character and it shows that you're able to push through them emotions and see the bigger picture. At the end of the day, if your team's doing well, you're doing well. And the, t- the higher your team is up in the league, the better it is going to be for you. So it's kind of understanding that I think um, football's a really weird sport because in ways it's about you, but it isn't as well. It's it's a really strange one where it's a real strange balance you have to get between it, it's about you, but it's also for the team. It's about your teammates. It's about the striker who is playing in front of you and encouraging them and and, and pushing them on. Um, it's kind of like creating a culture in a team, really, and um, to be able to push each other on, um, which I think is the goal for every team. Um, it, well, it should be anyway. Yeah, I agree. You always want your team to improve. And if there's a culture to push each other on, it's obviously going to lead in, in improvement. Talk to me a little bit about your motivation um, on a football pitch and obviously confidence. Um, now, how does that play a part in, in your in your game? It's huge. I would, some people, I, I would say most of it is confidence. You see, I mean, you see Premier League players, you can tell when a player's in form and when they're not and their confidence is low. So, it's it goes all the way through through the leagues you know for me um confidence is a huge thing as well when i can walk on that pitch confident it does have a serious effect um and that that's what i mean sometimes with the mental side of going i don't try i try not put so much pressure on myself uh because i find when i do that i my cop I, i'll try and do something or i try too hard and I, I misplace a pass or I, I miss the target or I don't hold, hold the ball up um, and it doesn't work out the way I want it, then my confidence will start to chip away. So it's kind of like, it's in ways, protecting yourself and building yourself up. And a lot of times, so what I say um, in, in games, if someone makes a mistake, um, I'm of a mindset of always encourage. I mean, there's certain ways you can um, encourage. So there's a huge difference between someone slamming you and telling you this, which in in ways is not going to help your confidence at all. But if you if you st- say and you can even like command it, but say, come on, you're better than that. Come on, get 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 the next one. That is a massive difference between someone really just having a go at you and one actually using it for good to push you on to do better. There's a huge, so for me, I'm I'm so for, and there's power in our words. We know that, you know, that there is power in our words and what we speak over people. So um, it's about encouragement. And I think the most someone needs it is when they make a mistake. 
that's when someone most needs that encouragement because I mean just saying how bad they've done is just gonna make them worse they're gonna and and that's the thing what I find and I'm being uh, really honest some the, what what happens is when you lose confidence you 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 hide you you want to hide you want to kind of run away I remember when I was 16 and I was playing for Aberystwyth first team in the Welsh Premier League. I was petrified of getting the ball. I was absolutely petrified of, of losing the ball, fear of, of making a mistake. Um, so I understand confidence is a big thing. So grow, going through my career, I've just got more confident and confident in, in my ability and who I am as a footballer. I think that also comes, you know, we go right back to the mindset and knowing who you are and, and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. It kind of all plays into it that even if a bad game does happen, you can write it off and move on to the next one and not overanalyze and not overthink. You know, we are in a culture now, and especially in terms of social media and in terms of the amount of football analytics that there are available in the world, where every single thing is analyzed to the point, you know, over overdrive, so to speak. And I think for especially some of our listeners who are young players wanting to go pro and maybe young professionals and for them i feel like they need to as my personal opinion you can comment on this as a professional player but the over analysis of your own performance probably isn't helpful yeah i i would agree with you i think there's a balance isn't there there's a balance between sitting down and and making an improvement in tweaks which which is a good thing but when it is overkill and then you're thinking of every, like even your top, like everything, sometimes the best, you know, you, 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 you've got a gift, you're, you're a footballer and, and it's about, yes, improving, but it's also enjoying, enjoying mm. playing, enjoying that gift. I think um, especially as um, obviously your listeners now and the listeners listening to this, if they are young, um, let's say really young uh, i would really recommend to them just to enjoy sometimes like when you get to a professional level it gets serious so quickly and it, it's not it, in ways it's it's really it's no fun and games anymore you you you're, you're earning a living and it is an eat, a dog a doggy dog world it is it is brutal i've seen it so many times especially i'd say in my academy days uh, when I was 18 at Swansea, it, it is brutal. Um, so it's just, I think, enjoy it. Enjoy the good times as well. When you score a goal, when you win the league, or just the little battles. And that's, sometimes we can be so serious in um, trying to get better and try and get to the end goal. And we don't actually appreciate the journey that it takes there. And it's about enjoying the journey, enjoy you know, just get overcoming them obstacles and, and enjoying the moment. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Enjoy the moment. And one of those moments that you obviously enjoyed, and I want to touch on this one, is the playoff final, you know, um, for Wickham. You know, you played Wembley. You came out in the winning side. You know, a lot of people growing up, we certainly have dreams. You know, when I was a kid growing up, and wanting to be a professional footballer you had dreams of one playing for your country and you had dreams of two lifting a trophy at Wembley you know it's maybe teams now dream of lifting the Champions League in Munich or something but growing up I wanted to lift the FA Cup in Wembley um I know things like that but talk to me about that experience for Wickham of winning a trophy and winning it you know at Wembley and, and what that meant for you it, it was a, an incredible time uh obviously we were doing very well in the season and obviously 
COVID hit and everything was shut down and we were all, uh, it was funny because we were actually outside the playoffs, but obviously the points per game uh, made us go back into the playoffs, which uh, I think a lot of people were happy, but we were very happy, of course. <laughs> but um, um, I think that whole experience was, is, it, it was just incredible. And the thing is, though, the, the pressure was immense. It was huge because it's you're, you're going to win or you're going to lose. You know, there's there's and there's more obviously probability and chance of you losing. You've got two playoff games and the final. And we had Fleetwood in the first um, two legged. And I remember I was obviously starting um, and I was so excited. And that's why people would say how like what did you feel nervous and yes I did feel nervous of course but I was going there with that mindset of I'm just going to enjoy this how many people can say they're going to be playing in a playoff on Sky with a lot of people watching all my family all my friends watch I, I just said look I'm just going to enjoy this the best I can and it was just amazing that the first playoff game we won 4-1 I scored I had man of the match you know, I've got the, the man of the match trophy somewhere in a box hidden away somewhere. But um, just those moments you and you cherish. And obviously we won. We drew the second leg and we went to Wembley and the thought of, my gosh, we're going to Wembley. And it was it was a bit it was a weird atmosphere, obviously, because it was empty as well. The Wembley with with COVID restrictions and stuff. Um, but um, just the whole walking out at Wembley was just incredible. You you just think, wow, I, I remember being uh, going there as a fan to watch Swansea v Reading when Swansea went up to the Premier League as a fan and always dreamt of playing on that pitch and to be walking out and you could see the, the trophy right next to you and you think, I'm 19 minutes away from not only winning, but being a championship player, uh, something that I've always wanted to to, um, to get a level that I want uh, inspire to play at. So, and I mean, we obviously won the game and it was just incredible. You know, it was, it was, it was kind of, I'd say bittersweet because I would have loved my wife, my family uh, to have been there to experience because like we, we said right from the beginning, it's, it's about family and, and, and your friends. So that was a bit gutting, but I mean, you'd rather go there and win uh, and not lose. So it was just amazing and just to have that. Uh, experience and then obviously to play in the championship as well was was an amazing experience for me and um uh and and what also what you do is in those moments you make you make friends forever you know in football you you those moments you have together you'll always have that together from when when you when you die you will always carry those memories with them people and that's something that I'll I'll be carrying for the rest of my life I think that's such a brilliant point. You know, winning that trophy with Wickham, no matter where what you go on to do in the rest of your career, no matter what your teammates go on and do the rest of their career, whether you end up in, you know, up at Europe and Scotland, someone could go to Australia, someone could go to Ireland and play, whatever. But there's always going to be that bond and that unique experienced bond from that game, that final, that team, that season, um, bonded over lifting a trophy at Wembley. And I think that's absolutely tremendous. Um, I want to move on slightly to a match fit performance type questions and just a couple of quick fire questions. And then I'm going to touch, touch a little bit on a little bit of your journey and different periods of your journey. Um, but talk to me about your favorite pre-match meal. 
what do you have prior to a game and tell me do you eat or drink anything um at halftime that's so i have two different systems so if i'm home and i'm at home i normally just have a good bowl of cereal shredded wheat or uh, porridge and that normally i don't really want to eat too much um I want to kind of keep quite light, um, but for away matches, there's obviously pr uh, a pre-match meal. And what I've been having recently is uh, fish, uh, rice, and like stir fry vegetables. So that's kind of my my um, uh, meal. And for drink, I normally have water and uh, a electrolyte tablet mm -hmm. um, just to replenish the salts and stuff. So that's what I take. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned your electrolyte tablets is there any other supplements you would take throughout the week maybe after a gym session after your training a protein shake glutamine bcaa's yeah. any anything like that you would take consistently yeah protein shakes is something that i take um but normally it's to be fair i try and i try and um use um so i try and not rely on them things so mm -hmm. i try and let my body naturally recover the way it needs to mm -hmm. um so obviously that's that's kind of what I tell myself. So I kind of allow a lot of natural like uh, repair and growth kind of thing uh, in that way. And other recovery methods that you use, you know, you mentioned you're repairing naturally. So I'm assuming you're you're quite you know strict in your sleep pattern and stuff like that for your recovery. Um, anything like ice baths or massages, anything like that, foam rollers, anything you th find helps you in any way at all? Yeah, so ice bath is a massive one. So I'm um, when I'm playing uh, regularly or having training, hard training sessions, I'm always in the ice bath for at least six minutes and then getting a hot shower. Uh, so that's the big one. I have a recovery gun as well um, that I find really helps um, just loosen off and, and uh, increase the, the blood flow into the muscles. Um, I'm trying to think. So yeah, those I would say obviously stretching um, regularly in the morning, having time to stretch and um, just do just get into a pattern. I remember at Swansea, we had um, two sports scientists who I think they've gone on to like someone they're doing like basketball in America for one of the main teams. Uh, the other one is actually Dan James's personal sports scientist um they they were at swansea one of the best i've come across and uh they were so on to stretching and i mean the stretching where it hurts you know when like all the hips are in your hips and um because a lot of things are in your hips and into your glutes and uh, around the pelvis area so um even from what i was probably 20 21 mm -hmm. even from doing that so much then i've kept it up and to this day I've always had amazing flexibility uh, just from just being consistent and hammering it in from uh, when they were doing it. And, you know, I've got great flexibility in my hips. So that's uh, due to them, really. It's phenomenal to hear that, you know, that piece of advice. And again, for our listeners listening to this, you're hearing how, you know, at a, at a young age, you know, Alex was able to stretch and it's, it's helped him throughout his whole career still to this day. And his flexibility is so, so good. Um, and it, apart from obviously your football clubs training and then your gym work and stuff is there anything else you've done outside of your local football club that helped you get that extra one percent whether it be just training on your own and if so what was that specifically that that helped you elevate your game yeah so something i've done, been doing recently is just like a 20 minute run where uh it's in it's an intense uh 20 minutes but it's not so it's more 
for the lungs. It's mm -hmm. more for um, just getting a good blow from your lungs, really, um, rather than it hit it taking any bad things in your leg. You know, because obviously you've got to you've got to use wisdom as well when you have training and games. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be tired going into a game, so it's kind of just finding those pockets in the evening where it's a it would be good to like do something extra so what i um what i like to do is um it's called um we did a wickham a lot um um in between and after games if we we, we didn't get the amount of minutes that we needed it was called the weighty run and there's a sports science scientist um at wickham where you um, start off on the panel, on the line, on the goal line, you walk to the six, mm -hmm. you come back and then you do a three quarter pace to the halfway line mm -hmm. and you half and then back mm -hmm. and then you walk, uh, you slow jog then to like middle of the half or like the, the half that you're working at mm -hmm. and then you sprint to the box and then you sprint back and then you repeat that. So that's really good because it, um, it includes all the kind of running patterns you will in a game. You'll walk at times, you'll sprint, you'll do a quick like a bit quick run, and then you'll jog. So that's something that I've definitely taken, um, and that's really helped my fitness because it's kind of an all rounder anaerobic aerobic mm -hmm. session. Phenomenal advice, phenomenal advice. Something I'm going to try and implement um, in my own game. I'm going to try that. Um, another couple of questions for you is when you were at Swansea as a young professional, um, they were in the Premier League. You've played in League One, you've played League Two, you're now up in Scotland, you know, Championship, you know, you play with Wickham and everything along that. And, and all the different stages of your career, is there been different lessons learned at different levels that have impacted the performance? Definitely um, a huge learning curve. So, you know, a lot of times I've learned the never give up um, times in my career where maybe no one will believe or nobody will, will believe in you, but there's that belief in, in yourself and believing in your ability um, in what you can do and, and kind of pushing past the, 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 the fact of when people say maybe it's, fin it's time to finish. I've had that before. Um, I've had a, I've actually had someone say uh, maybe you should become maybe you should stop football and become a pastor. You know I've I've had it all and I'm like no no I I I know I need to be playing football. So um, it's I've learned that. But uh, one of the in football terms, one of the biggest ones I've learned was um, uh, in the championship from League One was it was a huge step up, um, and it it taught me as well. I mean. That you, you're coming against teams who are like not the Norwich where they are absolutely popping the ball around you. I mean, they are just so fluid, so technical, so sharp. Um, and that's definitely taught me that just to in, to improve just the si simple things, your first touch, your your, your sharpness, your, your in ways not take too many touches of the ball um, and try and do things a lot quicker. So it's kind of just refining um, things that, maybe in league one and league two which you probably get away with mm -hmm. but then at the cha at championship level you have to learn quick so it's just about refining and especially in now uh, the scottish premier league you know there's some you've got rangers celtic uh hearts hibs some really good teams so it's just adapting and like you said that your career is a journey and you've got to just take little things from different seasons um and just 
implement and and, and get better in, in every way. An interesting point for you this season. Obviously, you moved up, and we we touched on it at the start of the podcast up to up to Ross County, and you're doing you're playing there. Your debut was at Celtic Park. Talk to me about the debut at Celtic Park. What were your thoughts going into it? Was there any nerves there? Um, how did you feel about it? You know, you're you're going against one of the two superpowers of Scotland, effectively in your first game. And I said respectfully, majority of the teams at Scotland, when they do go away to Rangers or Celtic, they're not expected to get anything. But what's the mentality? off a team that's going to Celtic Park what are you guys saying in the changing room what is your belief what what are you guys thinking and tell me about your experience um as that big your debut as well yeah I mean we we did a lot of work watching kind of the what kind of what they bring uh their strengths their weaknesses um and in ways we were like we had a game plan we knew what we were doing and uh we were confident we were really confident going into the game um so I was starting on the right wing, which isn't my main position. Normally I'm a centre forward, but um, anyway, you you don't care. You're just I want to play regardless of what position. Um, but um, it was a it was a definite learning experience because I mean, uh, so I was playing right wing. Their their fullbacks were just bombing on every single opportunity. I mean, it was just like you were caged in really, and it, it was. Um, it's funny because you learn how much, how a team can keep the ball and actually be, um, they tire you out. I mean, it was so, so physically demanding. One of the most, I'd say one of the most physically demanding games I've been in, uh, especially being on the right wing when you've got Jota as well, who is a Portuguese international player running at you, doing step overs and you're going, oh my gosh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep them in. Um, but um, you know, it, it was a really good experience. I mean, it was um, it was definitely a, a, an amazing first experience for me in the Scottish Premier League, and um, something that I re- just relished and um, just really enjoyed. It's a fascinating experience of, of what a professional player experiences, you know, at you know Celtic Park for Toxic. Um, in the professional game and obviously this is your first season with Ross County. Do you set yourself any goals, aspirations for the season? Yeah, I think my goals is just to play play consistently, um, score score as many goals as I can. You know, goals aren't you know you can definitely work on things with scoring goals and um, shooting, practicing, um, and 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 doing all them things extra. Um, but at the end of the day, there's so much many factors in scoring a goal. You know, there's just weight the weight of pass you get and all of that. So. For me, I just I go into each game going, look, I'm going to do my best. I want to score. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So it's just one of them where I'd love this season. I'd love to, to definitely add to my goals, uh, something that I've always wanted to do. And um, I'm hoping this will be the place where goals will really start um, racking up for me. Um, and just playing consistently, I think. Uh, and my goals as well is just to... Um, I think create that culture that we've really touched on the whole uh, podcast is mm-hmm. is creating that environment of of uh, vulnerability um, and help pushing each other through and pushing each other on as as a team um, to get better. I absolutely echo those thoughts, and I wish you all the best for this season with um, you know getting the goals and getting the minutes and everything that goes alongside that. I have a couple more questions for you, then we'll close this off. Um, right back at the very start of the podcast, you know we talked about. 
the, the, the obstacles you had to overcome and the rejection. And you mentioned about having five hours to decide whether you're going to Ross County or not. Um, what factors in to a transfer? As in, what characteristics of a club or a team are you looking for as a player? Yeah, really good question. Um, I think something that was, was happening at Wickham was the style of play um, very much wasn't, wasn't suiting me anymore. Um, it was very much, obviously... And that's just the way, you know, Wickham have played and, and they've have had so much success from it. And, and I wouldn't, I would say to them not, not to change, you know, because it's been bringing them success and it is right now um, playing with a big man. And, you know, you've obviously got Akin Fenwa, Sam Vokes there now, and they've been amazing. And, and I've learned so much from them anyway. Um, but it was just that I just felt it was time for me to, to, to leave and, um, I think style of play, what will the team that you play for, will it suit you? And definitely a Ross County, it certainly suits my style of play. It suits to very much fast breaks, balls down the sides, running in the channel. So all them things you kind of tick off. Um, and um, obviously finances as well um i know people say oh it's 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 not all about the money but money is important you know especially when um you are i think that's thing a lot of people don't realize the sacrifices as well footballs have to take they have to just and and families it's not just the football but it's the families you have to uproot your life at any given moment um and so you do you it has to be at a, a a wage where you think yes i'm 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 happy to do that so that's another factor. Um, and so I would say as well, just um, for me with this move, there's a lot of new lads as well. There's about um, a, pretty much a new team. So that for me was exciting because sometimes, a lot of times when you have a new team, uh, it's you're all in the same boat together. You know, there's, that you're all um, in the same boat and ready to attack the season together and, and, and make new bonds and, uh, make new relationships. It's fascinating insight. Fascinating insight into to Ross County this season, and obviously what goes into finding a new club and deciding if that club is a fit for you as a player. And just to close off, then, if you could give one piece of advice to a young player who comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to go pro. Help me." What piece of advice are you giving them? I would say something that I'm learning in this season as well that you as a person is enough. Like. Someone, uh, one of my father-in-law, who's a counsellor, actually gave me this really good saying. He says, football is what you do, it's not who you are. Mm -hmm. And for me, that really stuck for me because sometimes when you make football about who you are, when things don't go, and that's the thing, you will face rejection. And that's just the nature of football, that you will. And um, it's about knowing that in those times that, but there's there's more to life than football and you being you and who you are is it that the football doesn't define you you know and in those hard times just knowing that you are enough you are enough um and football in ways doesn't define who you are you know so it's it's about what really defines you is who you are with with your partner with with your family with them important things that's what's important in life uh, so that's why I would rec uh, that's my piece of advice is that, that they are enough in themselves. They don't need football to validate who they are. 
that's great insight great insight as well into even you know the mental side of, of how you think and who you are and i think it's phenomenal um alex where can people connect with you on social media if they want to continue to follow your journey yeah so on instagram um you can definitely tag me in 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 the post you'll, you'll definitely find it um i'm on twitter as well so it's instagram and twitter uh, that i'm on so yeah um follow me send me a message let me know if you've enjoyed it and um yeah it'd be great to connect there we have it listeners give him a follow on instagram twitter see what he's up to continue to follow his career reach out any advice just any comments he'll be happy to respond alex thank you so much for giving me your time today this has been the match fit football podcast you can find out about all our forms of social media in the description alex's social media handles will be in there as well thank you for listening and alex thank you so much for coming on the show my pleasure